On today's episode, we get down into the nitty-gritty details with an architect about how manufacturers can be more effective in their marketing and sales approach to architects. They share some really simple examples and strategies that you as a manufacturer can take to be more effective in your outreach and in your marketing to this audience. It's got some great simple strategies that you can take and implement today. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my co-host, Beth Potiklov. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We have an incredible architectural and urban planning expert joining us today. We're really excited to welcome Eric Zuziak. He is the partner and president of JZMK Partners. Eric, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Eric, if you wouldn't mind, can you give our listeners a little background on yourself and on JZMK Partners? I am a licensed architect who is a president and partner of an architecture and urban planning firm. We're based in Costa Mesa, California. And we've been around for 60 years. It'll be our 60-year anniversary this year. And we focus on all ranges of residential architecture and urban planning, from single family all the way up to high-rise residential and everything in between, including mixed use. Pretty much anything that has a bed in it that isn't a hospital or jail. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking through your project list here, and it's like, Mixed-use, infill, multifamily, master planning, single-family custom homes, prototypes, senior, hospitality, recreation, and then specialty. And yes. I was like, that is like quite the list. And you also do quite a bit of work internationally too. Is that right? Yes. We have a lot of projects in the Middle East and North Africa region. We've done quite a bit of work in China as well, and a good bit of work in uh, Central America and Mexico as well. How many people do you have in your organization? We currently have 20 people in our organization. Okay. You know, and just out of curiosity, forgive me here, but when a company says, hey, we have this kind of project, what is the, I guess, the right fit for you all? Like, where do you fit really well? Why do people work with you over somebody else? We are very good with high density residential Mm. as well as kind of high end single family. Not so much custom as more very high end spec single family for developers. Most of our clients are private developers. There's a few publics, but most of them are private developers. And they are usually in the small to mid-range to large, well, actually all different ranges of private developers. And then a few larger home builders also. So I would say our expertise is both on the high-end semi-custom single family, as well as the urban infill, mixed use, and high-density multifamily areas. That's what we're kind of known for. Eric, our listeners will know that we've spent a lot of time over the past several episodes talking about the changes that um, manufacturers or architects are seeing in the space. But a lot of our conversations are really focused on a very micro level for somebody's given niche, maybe their product, Mm -hmm. maybe their product family. But What's interesting that I'd love to hear from you is more on a macro level, how are your urban planning conversations, your urban planning projections, what's changed that you're having to take into consideration or what demands have increased, gone away? How are those larger macro conversations changing? 
Well, the pandemic has really influenced, I think, the way that things are designed, the ways that communities are designed, the way that people are working from home now. Yeah, that's a big trend, and that is impacting all different types of housing from your custom home all the way up to your high-density small apartment and micro unit. We have to figure ways for people to work from home. We also have to figure ways that people can be safe in their home, have access to fresh air, open space, Mm. specking products that are much safer for this kind of experience that we're having in the pandemic. So there's a whole myriad of things that we have to consider. You know, fresh air circulation is a big one. Cross ventilation is another big one. Uh, Making sure that when we're designing in urban locations, you know, how many units on an acre of land can we get without having to resort to putting people confined in elevators and centrally loaded corridors? You know, can we have more exterior stairways? And can we have more flow-through ventilation on units where we have windows on both sides to allow fresh air to flow through so that we limit social friction and we give people an opportunity to have more access to fresh air, for example, and less social contact just circulating through their building. Those are some of the things. Really interesting. It's very interesting. Eric, you know, one thing we were talking about before we started in the show earlier was you know, you are our audience's target audience, meaning a lot of the manufacturers who listen to our show would love to be able to be more effective in their marketing and sales approach to architects like yourself. I'm really curious to get your take on changes that you think manufacturers need to be making in their marketing and messaging, considering what you just shared about the changes in the market. Like what do they need to be doing that maybe they're not doing, or what information are you looking for from manufacturers that maybe they haven't been supplying to date? I think one of the biggest things for architects is to make sure that we have access to technical data on the material that they are selling, Hmm. whether it's a product or a system or even a service, especially if it's a product. What would be most helpful is to have access to a Revit model or a SketchUp model you know, both those are the two platforms that architects are really using now, Revit and SketchUp. And if, let's say, a window manufacturer, for example, if we are going to specify a window and door system, we want to be able to go to their website and download a Revit model of their window or door of every size that is available. So we can plug that into our model and that would, you know, really help leverage the specification of what we select in our client, the home builders selection of that product for inclusion into their development. And I want to say that if they can have a SketchUp model of a product, architects in the early stages are using SketchUp more than they're using Revit. Okay, some of them are using Revit all the way through. Some are using SketchUp in the beginning and then Revit to finish their technical drawings. Those are two softwares that are common in architects' offices. So if they have a Revit model and a SketchUp model of their product available, we can download that. We can plug that into our 3D model that we build our drawings off of. So that, therefore, their product is integrated literally into our design. So let me... You know, just throw a scenario out there for you. So let's say you're, you know, working on a project and you discover a product that you're really interested to use and you go to find a SketchUp or Revit file and they don't have it. 
yeah. manufacturer doesn't have it available. Does that decrease the likelihood that you're going to specify that product? It will decrease the likelihood for an architect who's under pressure to meet a deadline. That's the reality of it. It doesn't mean that they won't spec their product. It just makes it more difficult and it slows them down because they have to recreate a facsimile version of something and they have to actually do the research to find a PDF and draw that component so they can plug that component into their model. I think the the smarter companies are providing those Revit models and those SketchUp models to architects through an architect portal on their website. And that that just speeds up the process. It just makes it more efficient for the architect. There's less friction, less time involved. And when we are billing by the hour or we have fixed fees that we have to perform on our budgets, we want to, you know, obviously make sure we're specifying the right project, but if the manufacturers can make it easier for us to get that component, we're going to plug into them right away if it's something we already like. Is there somebody that does it really well? Like, is there a manufacturer? Like, if everyone could do it like these guys, it'd make my life a lot easier. <laughs> I can't put my finger on one right now that I'm 100% sure of, but I know there are a number of window and door and window manufacturers that do provide that and others that don't quite yet. Is there a product category that you get to in your projects that you're like, oh, they're not going to have these files. Why don't they have these files? And you know, it's going to slow you down. Yes. When we get into like specifying appliances, there are a lot of appliance manufacturers that don't have these files. Uh, some of the very large companies do have them and the, the, it's starting to happen more and more now. So apparently they're listing. Maybe you guys are doing a great job. Of <laughs> We'd love to take credit. We'll take credit for that, sure. It's a trend that's that's uh, going, but everybody does need to jump on that trend. Everything from doorknobs to windows. Anything. Know. If it goes in a building, you need Revit files and SketchUp files. That's just all that there is to it. If it's a commodity item like lumber or sheathing or something like that, no, that's not important. But if it is an actual manufactured product like an appliance, like a door and window schedule, like you know, lighting fixtures, things like that, things that are going to go on the exterior of the building that as architects, we're going to have to present to cities. We would really like to have the actual products that our clients you know, would like to have on the project represented in our 3D model. So Eric, all these conversation about specifying products mm -hmm. and the information that you need to specify them leads me to ask, how are you discovering or researching for new products this year? There's no trade shows. There's no lunch no, and learns. There's not people knocking on your online. door. All Google searches. It's all online. It's all Google searches. We're trying to find products or systems. You know, for example, I was searching the other day for, you know, a fire resistive structural insulated panel or a SIP. And I wanted to find something that had more fire resistive than a wood SIP. So I found a company called Thermosteel. And they have a light gauge steel stud structural insulated panel system. And it's a really cool system. And I'm starting to integrate it on a project now in California. And I found it through an internet search, searching for metal structural insulated panels, and it came up. So yeah, we're, we're just like everybody else. We're Google searching the hell out of everything. That's pretty neat. Where do you go for inspiration? Like, what are you reading on a regular basis? Out of curiosity, are you on Instagram? Are you somewhere else? Are you reading publications? What are some of the things that you're regularly you know, digging into for you know, staying up to date as well as being inspired? 
Well, I'm probably reading my inbox more than anything else because as an architect who has a fairly good internet footprint, fairly large internet footprint, I am swamped with product materials. I am swamped with invitations to check out different products. If it is something that comes into my inbox that is relevant to a project I'm working on, I'm probably going to open up and take a look at it and see if it's something that I... And every now and then I find something that's pretty interesting. Other than that, it's, you know, we're, we're really doing a lot of searches. But in terms of inspiration, architectural inspiration, we're always looking at everything that's getting built. We're looking at all the builder publications, the developer publications, announcements of, of new projects, sites like Urbanize LA, you know, the Urbanize group of, of uh, websites that focus on development in different cities and redevelopment sites like those. So we are, there's a number of sites that we will check out just to make sure that we're abreast of everything that's happening out there. Are there any new products that you've seen come onto the market recently that have caught your attention that you're like, man, I really hope I get an opportunity to use that in a project, even if you don't have an immediate project for them? Yeah, every now and then that comes up. I mean, like I just said, the thermosteel was an example of one of those. You know, that's something I want to find a use for. And I did contact them. Unfortunately, they are an East Coast company and the shipping costs, they're getting their product out to the West Coast are a little bit more expensive. And I think that's going to be an impediment to their growth on the West Coast. Do you know they're actually like a couple miles down the road from us? Oh, they are. Yeah. They're like right down the road. Yeah. Zach will drive you over. He'll drive, he'll do a little cross country trip for you. Yeah. You just, when you want me to come to California, just let me know. Okay. I'll put it, I'll put it in a pickup truck. No, but you're right. It's a very cool product for sure. Yeah. So projects like that systems, we also do design of modular buildings. So we're really focused on the whole system approach of building a whole unit plan, for example, like for micro unit multifamily apartments. Mm. We work with a number of factories and we're always talking about specifications of materials on those products so that when we put those through the modular factory, we're specifying materials that have durability, sustainability, they have a light carbon footprint. Sustainability is something that is important to us. It's important to all architects, you know. So that's something we want to see these companies really thinking about how they're locally sourcing materials Smart. and that the materials and the processes are sustainable and that they're green. Eric, is there anything that manufacturers do that just really bugs you? Because like, you feel like, man, I, I don't know why they do this. I wish that they would provide samples free of charge to architects. It's in their best interest to do so. Really? When I get on a website and I see that I have to buy samples, in order to present samples to my client, that's a little irritating when if I can get a $2 sample of a product, that's very simple to ship to me. Even if they want it returned, if it's an expensive product, that's fine. But make it easier for architects to get samples to present to their clients. How would you weight that in terms of like Revit and SketchUp files? Are they they equally as important or is one more important? I think having the Revit and SketchUp files is more important. And that's earlier on in the process. So that's a that's an early cycle decision point is making sure that we can get those files quickly. It just streamlines our process. And then as we're actually starting to specify surfaces, especially, you know, interior finishes, exterior finishes, getting samples of those in a timely manner 
is very important. So I can understand it if it's a company that is going to get a sample to a consumer. Sure. But it's another thing to get a sample to a design professional who is specifying their product on a large project. Well, they're advocating for you. You know, it's in their best interest to get them a quick sample, very fast. And, you know, architects don't have the room to store all these samples. We're not going to be doing that, but we want to get them quickly and we don't want to have to pay for them. I was actually just having a conversation with a manufacturer about what a reasonable time frame is from the time a sample is requested to the time that it's shipped. When you request a sample, what's your expectation on when you'll receive it? Oh, 48 to 72 hours, I would say. I think that's reasonable. And then what are you looking for from a manufacturer from a follow-up standpoint? Is it helpful if they reach out to you and ask you how it was or what questions you have? Or are you like a, hey man, if I need you, I'll let you know. I think it's probably, honestly, it's probably more like the latter. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay to say. <laughs> I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Yeah. I, again, it's a time thing. You know, we are on deadlines and we've got to perform quickly. We will call the product representative. Probably the manufacturer's representative is who we want to talk with. We're not really interested in talking with the sales representative. We're interested in talking with the manufacturer's representative about the performance of a product like doors and windows, for example. Those manufacturers, it's really good when we can call them up and say, hey, can you come in and do a lunch and learn for us? You know, bring in a lunch, show us your product and show us what it can do. And also make sure that we can get AIA continuing education credits for your manufacturer's presentation of your product to us. That's going to put them to the front of the line of the other manufacturer's reps who are asking to give presentations. Because we have an obligation to have so many continuing education credits to maintain our licensure. So it's very easy for a product manufacturer to get a qualification through the AIA to present their products. They just have to follow some guidelines, very simple guidelines. You know, Eric, it's interesting you say you really like the lunch and learn because a lot of manufacturers we talk to don't like lunch and learns because they're like, I'm going to go to, and this is just their perspective. I'm going to go to this architecture firm's office I'm going to bring lunch. It's going to take my time. And then I have no idea if they're going to specify my product. Okay. Well, here's the difference. Okay. Here's the difference. If we call a manufacturer's rep and ask them to do a lunch and learn, we've already narrowed them down. We've already called it down and we're down to the, maybe the last two manufacturers we want to spend. Interesting. So you're reaching out and saying, I want to see it versus... Sometimes we will. You know, and then there are other times where we're, we have salespeople that are cold calling us and they want to give us a lunch and learn. And they will ask us ahead of time, is this the kind of product that you would typically spec? And we'll say yes or no. And if it's no, they're not going to waste their time. And I understand that. And if it is something that we would normally specify, then they would be interested in giving us a presentation. But we don't want to really give a presentation. We don't want to waste their time or our time with just a salesperson. Bring in the manufacturer's rep because we're going to ask technical questions about the product that a salesperson might not you know, have the ability to answer that question. You're going to go pretty deep. We're going to go knowledge. pretty deep real yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah. I think this is an important conversation also because there is a feeling like Zach is saying that the lunch and learn is dead maybe. And 
I think what well, I'm... during COVID for sure. <laughs> <laughs> True. COVID did make that situation a little more complicated. But Eric, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, if it's a product that we would specify, whether you reach out to them, that's obviously going to be a more leading indicator of purchase intent for the manufacturer. But even if they're reaching out to you, it's in your best interest to learn about the products, but it's really about sending the knowledgeable person. That's where the disconnect is coming in. Right, right. It's about sending that knowledgeable person to the manufacturer's rep. And it's the greatest depth of understanding of the product from a technical aspect, because we're going to dive real deep and ask some serious questions about, you know, what's your fire rating, what's your assemblies, things like that, you know, because there's, when I started out as an architect, I don't know, 30 some odd years ago, 36 years ago, there was, you know, the code books were this thick. Okay. Now, if I were to stack those code books up, like in California, you know, they're going to be about this tall. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to dive really deep technically because we have to make sure that the products we're specifying meet some tough code parameters. Well, and for our listeners, you know, Eric was in the distance between his hands was two, three inches. And then it looks like what you said it was like three feet, yeah, three, feet <laughs> tall. Yeah. three feet off the ground. Yeah. 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 That's great. Eric, this has been phenomenal, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. If someone wants to connect with you or contact your organization, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way for them to do that is go to our website, jzmkpartners.com and you will see our staff and contact those people, our technical staff, mainly like our director of, of architecture, who is really a technical whiz, and he is somebody who really specifying the technical aspect and performance of products, things like that. You know, you'll see our, our whole staff on our website, jzmkpartners.com. That's great. Eric, thank you again so much for coming on the show. This has been great. And for our listeners, if you like this content, make sure you go to venvio.com slash podcast to get more of it. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popniklov. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. 